Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's time for Bullet Club Ass. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by the Ass Boys biggest fan. It's Tempest. Ass Boys 2023. Luke's on holiday and it just beautifully lined up with the week that Raw was excellent and I got to review it. And AEW Dynamite had a closing angle with the Gun Club joining your beloved Bullet Club. Well, you say my beloved Bullet Club because <laughs> I loved Bullet Club when everyone else loved Bullet Club, and that was five years ago. Mm. But that does not mean that Colton and Austin Gunn potentially being aligned with Bullet Club in AEW does not Ralph Wiggum style yeah. break my heart, freeze frame. <sighs> we'll talk about it, but... Of all the things to open Twitter to see this morning. <laughs> if you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button, press the subscribe button, leave a comment down below with what you think of ass. And also send in your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars while we discuss this closing angle and match. So it was Ricky Starks versus Jay White. I thought this was a fine match, mm-hmm. but like that sounds like I'm doing down on it you know you've got AEW main events and they are right. typically a very high bar of either loads of blood or just crazy athleticism yes this was more of a traditional old school wrestling match but i loved it because i love that and i love it when it's jay white doing it jay white is very good at that mm. in terms of like it's funny because in the ring, I don't think of Jay White and MJF as being similar, but they're both people who mm. utilize like very old school elements of heel psychology to their advantage. It's just very different elements of it, but they both they both specialize in doing that incredibly mm. well. It's just so funny to me because this feud still feels cold. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like the hot main event angle. And when I saw this card for this episode of Dynamite, I thought for sure Swerve and Orange Cassidy was going to be the main event. I thought we were going to get a title change. We'll get into that. 
And then when they said Ricky Starks and Jay White is the main event of this show, I was like, huh, well, that's interesting because I didn't think of this as necessarily like a main event program, at least how it's been portrayed the last few weeks with like a DQ finish and the Juice Robinson, Ricky Starks match was just kind of like, yeah, it was all right. Mm-hmm. And you go into this one, it's like, yeah, it was a good match. It was totally solid. But again, the rivalry that is the package for this match just doesn't feel very hot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've said it for as soon as Jay White debuted. I was like, this is what you do with the guy? And Luke's like, oh, have some patience. I'm like, well, first impressions matter. And right now, I think we're still in this holding period. Well, you know, you saw it with Adam Cole as well, I'd argue. You come into AEW, you go into a holding period feud until one of the other guys gets freed up from whatever plan Tony had two years ago for them. Um, and I, fe- I feel like now, I, it's quite clear by the collision main event that was announced also on this show, which is FTR and CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, Jay White and Juice Robinson, that maybe Jay was being reserved for punk something yes. with punk yes it it feels very much like that and i don't know when they came up with that idea obviously we've heard that cm punk is a fan of jay white's work mm-hmm. i don't know if that is a recent development or if he's one of the guys that cm punk would have watched when <laughs> jay white was in new japan pro wrestling because of course jay white was a top star there and you would probably think that the big main event matches that would draw the ire of someone like cm punk would come during those years but It's interesting because I don't know whether this plan was put in place like a few weeks ago when Punk was like, I'd like to work with that guy, Tony. Or if it was like, okay, we need to give Jay White like a first feud, give him a win over someone who's been here so that he can be a little bit established and then ready for CM Punk. So you don't just go right into it. I don't know which one of those I prefer, Mm -hmm. you know? Because I agree. I think the first few months of Jay White being in AEW has been pretty solidly underwhelming. I would have thought he would be, you know, at least treated like a top main event level heel who could pretty much immediately challenge for the world championship. Whereas right now he feels like a guy who would feel, you know, in the mix for like a TNT championship, Mm -hmm. an international championship. And hopefully that changes. And I would imagine it would, you know, considering a looming rivalry with CM Punk, you can't get much more main event status than that in this company. But it's just weird. This whole Ricky Starks, Jay White thing, like Juice Robinson was the guy feuding with, Ricky Starks and all of it, and now he's just kind of become like an extra wheel in this feud, it feels like. I don't know. It's all a very weird dynamic, and I am hoping that once we get to Collision, then things make a little bit more sense, and that seems to be what we say in wrestling Mm -hmm. a lot during this period of the year, where it's, oh, we got to get through the WWE draft, and then things will be fine. Oh, and then we got to get through Double or Nothing, or the launch of Collision, Collision, or Forbidden Door, and there's always another thing. So let's just start making things make sense right now. <laughs> well, I, I think um, <clears throat> I think with Starks and Robinson, if this happened this this week without last week happening, I'd be like, ah. Mm-hmm. But I thought last week their segment was so much fun when they were in, to, in the ring together with FTR, and they were really able yeah. to get over their characters in an in-ring segment, which is something they haven't been given the whole time I felt feel since they arrived. That finally getting to see do that on screen, plus this, where it is in the main event, 
where Jay White did get the win due to lots of interference and having an act added, like a tag team added to their faction. And the the tag team just so happens to be the guns. It makes sense. It's the Bullet Club. And pew, these are pew. guns. Pew, pew. How did we not see this coming? You know what would also have been funny, and I'm not. I'm, this was from King of the North on uh, on on Twitter. Put Big Bill in there and call him Bullet Bill. Oh yeah, yeah. I would have preferred that. Let's start with the faction name and and fantasy book the way yeah. backwards. Yeah, that's all out. That's how all great factions are started. That's how we do a lot of our show development. Yeah, <laughs> but we're good at it. <laughs> Yeah, so there is this bit, which the end of the match comes and, and Ricky Starks hit the hits the Rochambeau but knocks down the referee in the process. Terrible positioning by the yeah, referee. Yeah, ridiculous. You know, I don't like to pick on referees because I look at people criticizing Aubrey Edwards and, there's, mm -hmm. and I'm like, ah, give it a rest. There's bigger fish to fry. But I'm getting more and more annoyed with Paul Turner's work, mm. honestly, which is annoying. I don't want to focus on the referee. Yeah. Unless it's Rudy Charles, in which yeah. case. I have noticed, and this is a separate fact, but I've noticed he's probably the biggest one, two, hold up the count, ah. and then they kick out referee mm. in the company. And I've been able to notice that, which means probably happens too often. Mm. But regardless, he was way out of, he was out of position, gets knocked down to the Rochambeau. And then with the referee down... The ass boys come down. They hit their flatliner 3D looking thing. I don't remember what they're. Three ten to Yuma. It's called that one. And then I'm a true fan. Uh, the yeah. ass boys. Yeah, going cool 2023. Hey, I was right. They beat the acclaimed. And then Jay White picked up uh, Ricky Starks, hit the Blade Runner, and mm -hmm. got the win. And we didn't get like a, a pose at the end of the no, thing. No. So I'm still like, well, are they in the group? Probably. Maybe they've just got some beef with Ricky Starks that we don't know about. Probably not. I would, mm -hmm. I would guess that they're just in the group, and that like next week they'll all come out and be like the newest members of the yeah. Bullet Club, the Guns. Uh... So this is this is the thing. When that happened, when the Guns ran in, I was like, "Oh my god!" You tried to make them happen with the firm. Like, in hindsight, a bad transitional title run that yep. cooled off the acclaimed, that sort of didn't really do anything for FTR. Just, just a bad idea. Didn't even elevate the guns. Like, they just disappeared after that most yep. of the time. They had a cool entrance when they lost the belts. Yeah. That's all I can say for it. So I wasn't enthused when it happened. And then the show ended, and I was writing my notes, and I was like, well, you know, gun, actually, gun, bullet club, yeah, that all works. And I started to think about, well, what do you do next? And yeah, it's like next week, and they have the big segment where they get to do an insane promo. Austin, is it? which one is it? Is it Austin or Colton who's the really good promo? Probably Austin. I don't know. The slightly shorter of That's the That's Austin, yeah. Yeah, so Austin... Austin is a great, great promo, I think. And I think he really knows how to control a crowd as well. Plus Juice Robinson mm -hmm. and his like crazy promo skills. Jay White is sort of the, you know, calm, mm -hmm. but dickhead one 
I, yeah. I think there's the makeup of a really good heel faction here. Sure. I And I think that that's totally plausible. My problem with the Ass Boys is, was, and has been, and probably will be until something changes, that when you ring the bell, people do not care. Mm. They, in my opinion, are an utterly unremarkable tag team in the ring. What they do can be done better than by many tag teams on the roster. And to me, and not everybody has to agree with this part, but to me, AEW is a very in-ring driven promotion. Mm -hmm. There are storylines for sure, and those storylines are often the best part of AEW. But if you cannot have a great match, I find that people lose interest in the crowd, and you go back to the Revolution four-way tag match, when that match ended, there were crickets, mm -hmm. because people just don't care about these two, even when they were tag team champions. And when they won the tag titles, people were only chanting, but they were chanting, you know, bull ass. Yeah, to the booking rather than that. Yeah. They're just, maybe this is what they need to be involved in another act that actually can be entertaining and isn't the firm. But I just don't really see it. I would have liked to have had this, this act Put together with people who will be like, oh, I can't wait to see mm. an eight-man tag with them against somebody else or or whatever. And I see the guns get involved in another angle where I know I'm going to see them on TV every week again. And I'm just like, oh, Tony, <laughs> when don't are you going to learn? Don't you enjoy their promos then? Yeah. Because I don't think you can discount the role of the guns in getting over the acclaimed. Because it wasn't no. just the acclaimed and daddy ass. It was also Austin and Colton being in those segments, being like really good comedy foils mm -hmm. to the acclaimed. No, and that that to me is totally fine. And I do think that there could be a place in the company for the for the ass boys. But I do think it's as like a comedy geek heel team. You know, when they're running around with Ethan Page and the Hardys on Rampage and they're getting beat by Hook so that Ethan Page is now in league with the Hardy Boys mm -hmm. and doing some funny comedy bits, I think that's totally fine. The same way that, like, and this is not ex an exact comparison, but the same way that, like, I really enjoy what Matt Menard and Angelo yes, Parker do in JAS, yeah. but... If all of a sudden they then were like supposed to be this really credible tag team, it would take a lot more work mm. than I think they've done with the ass boys to make me believe that. If if we never had, I mean, the firm is like I think the firm could have been a thing still, although I didn't care for it at all. It never caught on. If we didn't have that transitional tag team title reign, mm -hmm. and the guns were just beaten by the acclaimed, and that's the end of that actually very well done story yes. overall, I would say. And then, you know, they just have the occasional match here and there. And then, boom, here they are. They're aligned with Jay White and Juice Robinson. Does that change your opinion of it? Maybe. I don't know. It would be very difficult. I would, it would, I can't really say what I would think in, a, in an alternate world where the last year would be totally different. But <laughs> I think looking at something where All it's... Right. It was a crappy question. No, 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 no. It's a fine question. I'm just like, I really don't know how I would feel because, yeah. like, they gave them the tag titles and I went on shows or whatever and I went, 
this is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And I still feel confidently in saying it was a bad idea and didn't work. So if they just didn't do that, would I be more confident that the next thing that they would do could work? Maybe, but that might be because of like my own ignorance to mm. not having the information to be like, oh, here's some evidence of them not working as a top act. You I, know? See, I, I see it as uh, it's like when people feel over pushed, it mm-hmm. tends to put me off them right. for a long time, usually forever afterwards. It never recovers for me. And I feel like the firm, that was just a bad act. Yeah. But the that I felt like they were being appropriately pushed because of that organic getting over of the story with the acclaimed. And then they won the belt. So I was like, whoa, that is, yeah. you have just massively over pushed them. And there was a backlash and it didn't work. There was no follow up, really. I feel like this is an appropriate level of push mm-hmm. after the firm push. I'm like, oh, I can say, I can. they're now the thirds for Jay White. Yeah. Ben, no, they've not got a title. As much as I want Jay White to be a bigger star, Bullet Club Gold is a mid-card act. That feels appropriate. The problem is, is they had that bit in the middle where they were just forced down everyone's throats. Yeah. And like I said, I think that this very much could be the thing that the ass boys need in that they get to be around Jay White. They get to be, you know, in a smaller role, but still showcased as often. Just they're not the focus of the segment when they're the ones going out there and beating the varsity blondes on TV. I I think that's just death TV. Mm. Whereas now they can be, you know, secondary behind Jay White or Juice Robinson or whoever the focus of that act is going to be. And maybe that then will be able to get them to where they need to be if they're going to be showcased that much. But in the time being, I'm not going to be that excited about it. Is the thing. I am excited. Also, uh, Death TV, not Death Jiu-Jitsu. No. That's, that's another thing. That's a different thing entirely and a much better thing. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What did you think? We're going to read out some Omega Chats here, so make sure that you get those in support at WrestleTalk.com to have your message read out at $5 and above. This comes in from your local metalhead saying, nope, guns better stay away from Bullet Club Gold. (laughs) Jay White and Juice Robinson don't need the ass boys. No stable needs the ass boys. Have literally anyone else join Bullet Club uh, Gold? Keep the ass boys away from my favorite wrestler, Tony. Should we do a poll if if Mod Mother is in the chat? Yes. Uh, do people want to see the? No, no, that's that's different. How should we phrase this? Are are you know it's like are people hopeful that this will get good? Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is good right now. Sure. But okay, are you open to the idea? Ass boys in the Bullet Club, yay or nay? Yeah, there you go. That's better. You know, more succinct. We'll see. Bonesaw Buck eight two three says. Uh, I it I think it's supposed to say Ollie. Good to see you, but it says Oil. Good to see mm-hmm. you and Man in the Mask. You're looking as scrumptious as always. Thank you, Regal. <laughs> always wanted to say that. While I agree, White hasn't been treated like the star he was in Japan. Neither was Kenny in the beginning of AEW. Give it time, he'll get there. But that yeah yeah, but that was also a huge mistake in hindsight. And we got bored Ken bored Kenny for a year. Until he sort of went cocaine heel. (laughs) (laughs) So I was always the one who liked that Kenny Omega was like kind of down on his luck when he started in AEW because I was the guy being like, oh, he misses Coda. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because I I was that guy. But yeah, I mean, they point to that thing that a lot of people also didn't like at the time. You know, if I would argue probably the same people that were upset about that then are probably upset about this now. Yeah, you know? I, and it's a, it is a problem with AEW for me at least. I yeah, know some people like it, but you know, Keith Lee. I was just gonna say that. Like, yeah. how many people get brought in and then you wait weeks and then they do a they do one match and a backstage segment for three more weeks and then you're like, oh yeah, they showed up. Yeah, like yeah. who was it that he he just lobbed out the ring? Uh, Isaiah was, Cassidy. Yeah, Isaiah Cassidy. I just remember that. I'm like, yes. And then nothing. And I get some of that is uh, other circumstances, but... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's something they could maybe work mm. on. Charles Berg says, you've heard of machine gun Carl Anderson. Well, get ready for the assault rifles. Austin and Colton <laughs> Gunn. Enjoyed the MJF and Cole promo. That should be a fun match. But the winner of said match is unfortunately pretty obvious. Hope everyone's doing well. We'll see. I think, I certainly think Samoa Joe, uh, Jay and Juice could win that with interference from the guns that's that way you get an ftr guns match wait was that what they were building god no not again ftr versus if 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 the heels are victorious there then you can have white and robinson challenge ftr for the titles mm -hmm. i think that's the route they could go also charles berg i thought i didn't think you were going to go for that assault rifle mm -hmm. i thought you were going to go for machine bum Oh, that's good. The machine <laughs> bum. That's very good. I also think he was talking about the MJF and Cole match that we're getting next week. Oh, um, I could see. Could be wrong. I but, see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, my bad. But we will see. Uh, Streamlabs has lost a username here, so make sure that you uh, send our mods a message to get your name read out. Uh, it says, seems like the point of the Guns title run was to get the belts back on FTR while keeping FTR as faces so they can put Punk with them. The Guns being with Jay and Juice could be the thing to actually give them a real push. I think that all of that is mostly true. I think it was more a matter of like, well, we probably don't want FTR to beat the acclaimed. Yeah. I think there's other ways that they could have done all that. I think I think you could have had a genuinely good babyface versus babyface match out yeah. of those two. I don't get why they were so reluctant for FTR to be the ones to beat the acclaimed. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but that is all of the ones about uh, the Bullet Club mm. and that current situations. We will get into the rest of your Omega Chats at the end of the show. So keep sending those in to support at WrestleTalk.com at the $5 and above uh, limit. Yeah, it is. Is it support? What did you say? Support. support at yeah, that is. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. I think got an email. I stopped doing uh, <laughs> uh, Ultra Chats, Usi Chats on the SmackDown podcast. My brain has turned to mush. Did you hear what Dan Layton tried to call uh, the Raw version? Yeah, yeah. Natty, Natty Chats or Ultra, Ultra Nats. After Natalia, the greatest wrestler. Yay! I'm, I'm cautious about pushing that joke because it's obviously mean spirited, but also I don't want to accidentally do that thing cultaholic occasionally do where they get over to Mina. Yeah, I, I, I don't want. Don't that hinder gender. <laughs> I always, I, I, the day that Natalia turned the corner for me is when I realized that when she goes to the middle rope and goes like this, she doesn't go. Yeah, she goes. Yay! <laughs> I was like, I don't think she's real. She's an AI. <laughs> Anyway, this show had a banging opening match. Great opening match. It was Orange Cassidy versus Swerve Strickland. I agree with you. I thought this was going to main event. But it is kind of dynamite tradition now. That, yeah. That the, the international title opens things up. It was just a really good match. They started... It, it's like they've already had the first third of the match. Yeah. And they just picked up right from the Battle Royal. So they're going a million miles a second... Really good reversals throughout. Just like they did a spot where Swerve had Cassidy up in an electric chair mm -hmm. and they spilled outside over the top rope for them both to still be in the electric chair. Yep. And then I think Cassidy hit a Hurricane Rana thing on it. Yeah. Oh, how do you do that without breaking a leg? 
Because I've seen a lot of people go over the top rope, like yeah. when they try and do the suplex spot to the outside, and they still end up in the suplex position and really hurt themselves. This was so impressive. I love these two guys. I'm not going to be shy about it. I thought Swerve was going to win this match. We will see how the rest of Orange Cassidy's reign goes. But if Swerve was the one to win the international championship, I would have no qualms with that whatsoever. That didn't happen on this night. And I'm not going to say that was a bad choice because I don't know where we're going. But I would have liked to have seen Swerve win. I think everyone was like, yeah, Swerve, Swerve is amazing. This has been a great title run so far. Orange wouldn't lose anything by losing. Everyone's got respect for him now. Not that they didn't before, but it's just been like another level, this this whole title run. But as the match kept on going on, and Orange's selling was so good because it's selling. It's kind of like Ishii sells without, yeah. you know, letting you know he's selling. Cassidy's in a similar predicament in that his whole gimmick is, I don't want to look like I care. Mm -hmm. But that meant he really looked like he cared. Yeah. This guy's meant to be so cool and aloof. Actually, this international title means the world to him, I mm -hmm. think. And when he... He looked a bit panicked at point. He was on the top rope. He was like, oh, like that. I think uh, Giovanni, Giovanni pointed that out. And there was another bit when he was just getting so beaten up and he was on the apron. He looked sad. I just, I really started rooting for the guy. Yeah. I, like, I don't want his title run to end. <laughs> well, that's what you should want in a exactly, baby face, exactly. right? It was perfect. Mm. Absolutely perfect. And this to me is maybe the best version of the babyface champion defends the title week in week out and gets further and further broken down by various injuries that he suffers because the hand injury has been a running theme mm. throughout his title reign he was having a back injury and selling that there were so many different elements of his selling that ultimately are done to protect the babyface when he inevitably loses mm. because eventually it's just not his day and there are too many things stacked against him and you can absolutely just pull the trigger on somebody beating him and both guys look great because of it. But I guess that means you could still have matches like this that really get people so all the way yeah. into it and turn people even on the day. Like, cause I'm not, I'm not immune to it. I was watching going like, God damn, Orange Cassidy is amazing. Mm -hmm. As I do most weeks, I just really want to swerve to win, but that's fine. It was such a good, fun match with really good near falls, too. Like, yeah, Swerve, yeah. he goes for the house call and he misses. And then uh, Orange Cassidy hits the, the beach break. And I thought that was it. Yep. And then Swerve kicks out of that. And we go a little bit further. And Swerve ends up hitting the house call and sets up and hits the Swerve stomp. Mm. And then I thought that one was it. And Orange Cassidy kicks out. Mm. You get a great shot of Swerve's face after that. And then Orange Cassidy manages to get it with a roll-up where both of them were just rolling through each other's roll-ups and grabbing the tights. And finally, Orange Cassidy rolls them up and holds onto the tights and gets the win. Yeah. Fantastic opening match. People were losing their minds. This is awesome chance. Good crowd. Great crowd, yeah. I thought, for Where this show. They? Uh, they Colorado, Colorado yeah. The most boring place, according to MJF. He's never been to... Oh, I'm not going to say something mean. <laughs> I, I was about to just name a random city, but I'm just like, nah, I don't, don't want to be a heel. I buried Milton, Milton Keynes. On yeah, that's fair. Milton Keynes has so a less. Tim Hortons, so they have a little bit of brownie points with me. <laughs> uh, the... 
with this going on, because I, I really thought Swerve's the guy who's going to do it. I did too. And yeah. I am somehow, I'm really surprised that I'm not sick of this title run. Mm -hmm. Considering like, you know, how over Roman Reigns runs I was at some points in his thousand day reign, how definitely done I was with Jay Cargill after a while. They've been booked completely differently though. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. But we're 23, 24 in? That's that's a long undefeated streak mm -hmm. for the championship. So it becomes a, a I I I've all I've usually been in the position because it's not been booked well of okay I'm I'm cheering for the opponents now right but I really do feel like I'm I'm in the I'm still rooting for the babyface which does mean you probably do want to get the title off of him soon before I'm, you lose that which yeah. is I think what happened with Bianca at a certain point yes yeah yeah so I'm looking at Collision. I, I, you know, do something big. I think changing the international championship there. Miro coming back. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, could well be. I mean, I think or there's... there. Yeah, there's a number of, like, factors that I think go into play with something like this being as good as it was. And I think it's just because he is wrestling so much more frequently mm -hmm. on TV than Jade Cargill was certainly more than Roman Reigns has been, but that yeah. goes without saying. And the matches are always great. Like when you know that you've got a champion where almost every week you are virtually guaranteed just like a 15 minute awesome match for the title. It makes it so easy to enjoy a title reign. And that to me, I think they did that with the first mm -hmm. Cody TNT title reign. Mm -hmm. There's been so many of those like, just open challenge style title reigns that I think are so much fun. Yeah. And when you've got the just wide range of great wrestlers like AEW does, it's one of the things that they can do. Because how many times do we say like, oh, I would really wish we could have seen this singles match at some point yet. Swerve, Swerve and Keith Lee. Sure. <laughs> And it, they're being kept separate for some big match and whatever. And I thought maybe Swerve was going to win this and yeah, then we yeah, would yeah, get the title yeah, match between him and Keith, Keith Lee, but whatever. It is really nice to just be able to see Orange Cassidy fight everyone on the roster. Mm -hmm. You know, somewhat side note, I am, I'm wondering where we can kind of go next because I don't know if we're getting Swerve and Keith Lee at any point in the near future. I'm, I'm tired of beating that drum. I would like to see some version of the moguls facing house of black for the trios titles yeah that could be cool you know just seeing swerve and alistair or malachi yeah. black what year is it good lord uh, but swerve and malachi together in the uh, ring i think that's a very fun pairing and there, there's set like house black tweeners so it's, yeah. it's definitely a dynamic you could do uh speaking of the embassy the as soon as the match was over the embassy ran down started beating up alan Sorry, not Alan Casty. Lights cut out, come back up. And yeah, like I didn't think it was going to be a surprise debut or something because Sting had returned last week to, to save him. I thought it might have been someone from New Japan to challenge Orange Cassidy. Like yeah. save him and be like, I want that. Uh-huh. You know, but. Saber Junior. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think that'd be really fun. That'd be really fun. I like that idea. Uh, so yeah, we've that they Darby and Sting saved him, and we we had Swerve and the Embassy versus Casty, Alan Sting, and a random Keith Lee for next week's show. Yeah, Eight man tag. Uh, Fifty-eight percent positive on Bullet Club. Uh, Bullet Club ass. Bullet Club ass. Wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Keith Lee. It's, 
you know, whatever we've we've said all this. He really should have had a singles match with Swerve by now, like two pay per views ago. Uh, but I mean, I'll touch on it now. It applies to Jungle Boy later. Darby Allen mm-hmm. off the back of a co-main event world title shot, the pay per view, a fantastic four way. He is essentially playing third fiddle to a Cassidy feud. Yeah. Which is strange to me. Now, I have been trying to fantasy book my dream card for Forbidden Door and such. But this is really an example. And maybe you couldn't do it because Dominion was just this past weekend. So you've got like, you know, a week where you kind of have to wait. But I badly want to see Darby challenge Hiromu for the junior title. Yeah, yeah. And that to me is something that you kind of want to set up as soon as possible just to make Darby Allen feel as relevant Mm -hmm. as possible, as opposed to, like you said, just playing like third fiddle in an Orange Cassidy and Sting against some, I don't even know why they've got a beef with with Swerve and everything. Mm -hmm. Like they had a match on Dynamite like a few months ago, but I haven't really heard of any other Darby and Swerve feuds since then. So I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to like whatever we get next with Darby, but I would like for them to get there because yeah. there's only a few weeks until Forbidden Door. You know, if he even has a match on Forbidden Door, who knows? Mm. A lot of people to satisfy that. Yeah. It can't all be singles matches. <sighs> Imagine. Give me 15 matches with an eight hour card. <laughs> no, I'd watch it. No. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club then took on. An iteration of Chaos, which was Rocky Romero, Trent, and Chucky. This was a really fun match. I loved this match. Uh, particularly for Danielson on commentary, who is just sublime. Um, sort of trash-talking Okada, who is his Forbidden Door opponent, of which Chaos is his faction. And also just pointing out, you know, they shouldn't be hugging right now. Why are they going yeah. for the pin? And Blackpool Combat Club were amazing. And Claudio uppercutted Trent while he was doing a moonsault to the outside. I wept. <laughs> I wept. That was an excellent. Spot. I love. I love seeing any iteration of best friends against the Blackpool Combat Club, just because you have like the Wheeler Yuta yeah, yeah. dynamic. They feel. I mean, they're never going to beat the Blackpool Combat Club, and if they do, it'll be a momentous occasion. People will throw babies in the air, but. <laughs> It, to me, is like a really good through line for the Blackpool Combat Club because you really do just get to see whatever other dynamics you want going on at the time. But there's always something tying Wheeler Yuta into everything Mm. else because he can kind of feel like, you know, the other guy Mm -hmm. in just a trios match because Moxley is established and Claudio is established. And you've got Yuta who's in the group for sure. But in this, he gets his own character defining you know, act present as well. That, it was just a really great little match. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Rapongi Vice. I love the best friends. I love the Rapongi best friends. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about Trent and Rocky. Yeah. And all this. I just see Trent and Chucky now. Um, of course, Blackpool Combat Club won with loads of elbows. And uh, was it a, ta- a choke? A choke yeah. as well. Mox choked out Rocky while, uh, while Wheeler was <laughs> doing the hammer and anvil mm-hmm. uh elbows to chuck and he kept going afterwards and moxie yeah. was like all right kid good job you you killed him enough <laughs> uh the bucks and hangman page are then backstage and they say i think hangman page said uh good match i'm sure we didn't watch it 
thought he came across a bit wanky. And then they challenged the Blackpool Combat Club for next week's show in Washington, D.C., which was the site of the first ever Dynamite. And Danielson said, great. It's the first, that's where you guys had your first ever national TV match. Next week's going to be your last. Every little line that mm. he had, like... He did a one little line about in the promo package before where they're talking about Okada, like Excalibur, Tony Schiavone or somebody says that Okada is like a once in a lifetime mm. talent. And Brian Danielson just immediately sits down and says, why aren't you saying that about me? You don't yeah. think I'm a once in a lifetime talent? I'm going to show you that I'm better than Okada ever has been. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a five minute promo, but just in one line at the beginning and end. He's so fantastic. Uh, we got a Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega video package for their match at Forbidden Door. Like, that Forbidden Door already feels so much bigger than last year's. Yep. I'm, I'm very excited because I was, you know, very vocally down on it last year. It was too long. None of the matches felt satisfying. Loads of Morning Men stuff. Loads of injuries. But this... It was a cursed show. Yeah, it was a cursed show, but I also... I don't know how good it would have been even if it wasn't cursed. I don't know. Maybe that's unfair to say. I think it would have been more memorable and amazing than it was because i thought it was a very good show but like imagine if like ishii is in that four-way yeah and you're getting ishii and malachi and miro and pack and everything well, it's still a great match yeah and hiromu's on the on the card and you know xyz injuries don't happen on the show but like i do agree put okada in a singles match obviously this one has the benefit of like Kenny Omega being present for it, mm -hmm. which is yeah, a luxury yeah. that last year's just didn't have. Mm -hmm. Again, ditto Brian Danielson. Probably ditto Punk. Mm -hmm. Those are three probably probably your three biggest stars mm -hmm. in the company. Argue about whoever else is on that list. But those three weren't on the show last year. And if they're on this show, that already just takes it yeah. to another level above where it was. Uh it's quite a dense segment, and we, we, we'll try and clip through it as quickly as possible. But MJF came out next, called Colorado the most boring place in the world, and he's an authority on boring because he's bored of the competition AEW is serving him. And that was a perfect cue-up for Adam Cole. Adam yeah. Cole came out. We'd all speculated this for ages. He'll be the next world championship challenger. Beat Chris Jericho. So he's got that momentum there. Feels like that is done, mm -hmm. which is a whoo. <laughs> yeah. Then MJF did this excellent job, kind of promo, building up Adam Cole, which, to be honest, did a better job building up Adam Cole than that entire Jericho feud, than yeah. pretty much anything in AEW so far, other than the, the actual debut. I think the <laughs> run from All Out to Full Gear for Adam Cole, where he was just Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, these douchebag dickhead heels, Adam Cole's back in the elite, and he's having great matches on Dynamite. I think that was a good time for him. It was a good time. And then I think once he got into the Orange Cassidy feud that just kept going, people got tired of mm. it. But I do think that like eight weeks of his first run, I give them more credit than right. I think they've been given lately. Mm. When Adam Cole showed up and he cut that first promo at his first match the following week with Frankie Kazarian, it felt like, why wasn't this guy in major arenas mm -hmm. like for the last four years when he was in NXT? Like He's this mega star. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of tapered off and he lost his matches with Angman Page and it just kind of kept and he got hurt. 
you know. It was difficult, but I do think this promo was very much the rehab that he needed. Yeah. Uh, so, first off, Max said, well, when CM Punk up and left me as a kid, because, you know, Baker. It's crazy that. hearing his name I know, again. No, right? Yeah. It's good. Like, they've said it on TV. Yeah. Uh, but it was just shocking to hear, like, a character say it. He said he felt like his fandom was over, but then he was flipping around on TV one night, came across Ring of Honor, and then he just buried Ring of Honor. So it's a bunch of indie guys, had no interest in them. But then I saw this, this one guy with piercing blue eyes, and it was Adam Cole. And he said he was instantly hooked, watched him go to Florida, shock the system over there, become Shawn Michaels' hand-picked guy, called him the best world champion in that promotion's history uh and then just talked up how amazing adam cole was and even said back in you know he, he used to look up to adam cole and model his career like study him and have you seen that instagram post i don't think so so someone found an instagram post that max had made in 2016 mm. and it's a little collage of chris jericho tully blanchard i think chris candido and Adam Cole. And it says, like, the caption is, to study the to be the best, you've got to study the best. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's like he's booking his dream feuds based off his social media history with the CM Punk yeah. photo as well. Yeah. Uh, but that was really nice detail. Uh, and But then he said, then you stepped into this company. And I was like, who's this guy? This is not the guy. And it, I, that rang true. Rang mm -hmm. true for me. I, I don't know if it rang true for everybody else. And he just talked about how he's out of shape. Um, he plays Twitch all the time, gone from Panama Playboy to Panama Game Boy. Uh, company does everything it can to to get Cole. I over. love this bit. Mm. This callback section of the promo, I thought was delicious. Oh, what the so the music, the girlfriend, and then going into the Vince stuff. No, well, like the. This bit where he says, like, this company's giving you everything to make you a star, the cool music, the lights, the girl, all they need to do to make MJF feel like a star is ring the freaking bell. Mm. Which is, it was like word for word what Adam Cole had said to Karrion Cross on NXT. Was it? You didn't realize oh, this. Oh, I didn't know that. People share this promo on Twitter like oh, every other week. Oh, great. It was... I realized what he was doing once he got to the, and what, what do they have to do to make MJF feel special? I was like, oh my God, this man is amazing. What a callback. Oh my God. It, it, uh, phenomenal. That's why he is the, the best promo, as yeah. we decided on Herd Mentality as last night. You only say that because Eddie Kingston's not on TV. <laughs> Go watch Herd Mentality on No Holds Board over on Parts of Unknown. Uh, but then Max, get, I mean, you know, it's classic Max promo. I never get bored in them. I know some people think they go on a bit too long. But then he goes into, uh, he heard a rumor that someone else in another company thought you weren't good enough to be a top star. And I was like, oh, right, right. Yeah. And then he just went, that person's name was Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he said it. He, he said the say, name. I, I'm sure there's maybe a legal reason why he couldn't say, oh, you were down in NXT. Uh -huh. It was like, you were down in Florida. You're also under Vince McMahon. I think I think it's intentional. I think yeah. he was on purposely not. I mean, he said Shawn Michaels' his name, yeah. I suppose, but it was a way to like say I'm not going to mention the other company, mm -hmm. waiting for the the right moment. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. then say Vince McMahon, and then he looks in the camera and he's like, "Big fan." Yeah. <laughs> what uh, a way to get heat. Yeah. And he says now he's standing opposite Adam Cole. He agrees with Vince. 
it was a hell of a promo. Yeah. I say. I've seen a lot of criticism of this segment just mm. kind of feeling like and I do see it because I thought the same thing when I was watching it, but it didn't really bother me too much is that we see this style of MJF promo fairly often mm-hmm. where we saw it with Ricky Starks. We saw it with CM Punk where MJF talks for a lot and then it's the other person's turn and then MJF will probably get the last word in. And if not, then he'll kick them in the balls or the other guy will get one more line or something yeah. like that. And I do see it. Maybe they could use a little bit more like variance in their presentation, but he is the master of this right now. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult for me to get bored of just hearing great wrestling yeah. promos, especially because I like to tell myself like, go back to before AEW existed and there just weren't any great promos. You had all the WWE scripted mm. promos and Alexa Bliss being called Biscuit Butt on TV for like 10 straight weeks by Mickey James. I'm not going to complain when it's like, oh, I would like if the presentation would be changed up a little bit. Yeah. 20 minute promos got a bad name mm-hmm. with the authority and everything. But when they're, when they're like this, I do not mind them at all. Yeah. Uh, so Cole's rebuttal was... With the, he had some good lines. I thought nowhere near the level of what Max was saying, but yep. they were good lines. Um, said, what's your obsession with other people's girlfriends? Maybe it's because your fiancé left you. Oh, real life. Ooh. And he says, well, you talk about my body. Why don't we go backstage right now, piss into a cup? Oh. I didn't realize that this was something that was floating around. Yeah. So obviously what he's doing there is implying MJF is taking steroids. He's on the gas. He's juicing. <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, he even said to see who's natural. So I was like, oh, okay. I get, you know, that could definitely be a character thing. You could pretend Max is on steroids. Sure. You know, plays into that. I want to go to WWE sports entertainment. Physique is the most important thing mm-hmm. mentality. But I was, I was a bit like, oh, that's a, that's a weird thing to. It was a strange line. AEW to do. But yeah. Um, and then said, no one respects you. And he got a, uh, the crowd chanting against Max. The crowd were very on board with the babyface heel dynamics. Mm-hmm. MJF said that's tough talk from Keith Lee's manager. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a deep cut. Yeah. That was like one report two summers ago. Yeah. Um, but then it was, this was the, the reveal, which I think makes the whole segment really good. That Cole says, look, if you were a real world champion, you wouldn't be doing all these put downs now. You'd say, I'll fight you right now. Then Cole walks off, and it's like the act of this person that Max pretends he doesn't want the acceptance of, but really, really, really does. As mm-hmm. soon as that happens, Max's like, "I'll fight you." Yeah, and it felt it was it was an actual babyface tricking the heel yes. into accepting the challenge. That that is exactly the takeaway I had mm-hmm. while I was watching it, where I watched it and I went, <laughs> "Ah." A smart babyface. Babyface had a goal in mind when he came out and got exactly what he wanted out of this. Smart. And I really, again, one of the things that stands out to me in promos like this, where they can feel maybe a little bit similar to other ones that MJF has done, is that in this promo, like we've seen in a few, when something really does bother Max, mm. he becomes like one of the most interesting characters in the yeah, company. Yeah. And it might only be for a little chunk of time right at the end, but it's enough to just like, ooh, all of a sudden it hooks me. Because I think by far that's the most interesting mm. stuff that 
MJF does. Because he's actually a very broken man yes. underneath all this bravado. Remember when they took off the mask and he had the black eyes from the Danielson match? Yep. <gasps> the mask has slipped. He wears mm. a devil mask. He is, oh my God. It is just I'm in awe of that guy. He's yeah. like the Spider-Man across the universe of wrestlers. Oh yeah. Just constantly in awe of how we good he is. We were talking about this, <laughs> this movie before we started the podcast. Like it was at like two, one, yeah, go yeah. live. We we're like, okay, Sp- <laughs> all right, let's talk about the ass boys. Uh, another nice touch after Max was like, well, yeah, yeah, we'll have a fight. And they've got this championship eliminator match next week. Big, big deal. Max doesn't wrestle singles matches on TV a lot. That's when Adam Cole does the Adam Cole Bay Bay because Max had stopped him from doing that earlier. It's a little staging thing. And I've started to notice it more as I've gotten older where like if if MJF comes out to somebody's music and it's like, haha, I tricked you, Mm. whatever, they're probably having a special entrance as that was the way to give the live crowd a chance to hear the song Mm -hmm. that they've paid to see. Like the CM Punk entrance at Revolution, like he comes out to Cult of Personality yeah, so yeah. they can sing Cult of Personality, and then they do the other entrance so they still give the people what mm-hmm. they want, where MJF can now take away Adam Cole's catchphrase at the end of the segment, gives it to you every anyway, so everybody who goes to the show goes home happy. Yeah, yeah. Brilliantly done. Yeah. Uh, I think Cole, you know, got the worst of it in the exchange, but I think it was kind of needed. To, to address all these mm-hmm. lackluster feelings with Adam Cole and hopefully they can grow from here. Yeah. Uh, Hardy Party backstage then introduced Ethan Page as their new faction member, but Matt doesn't want to abuse him. He wants to make him a better man. I think this is going to lead to Ethan Page like being re- rehabilitated and his, his nickname after the fact will be No Ego Ethan Page. Oh, that's cool. Oh, what, like Matt Hardy will do a sort of... Yeah, we'll uh, give him a lobotomy or something. Yeah, I was going to say like more like a spiritual and yeah. broken thing. Yeah, that'd be fun. They're all really good comedy. Well, Ethan's a really good comedy performer. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this next match was my match of the night. Yeah. Caught me out of nowhere like a freight train. Hook and Jungle Boy taking on Preston Vance and Drillistico. And really what it was, is it was Hook and Preston Vance. Yeah. They just beat the crap out of each other. I don't know. It was a tornado tag. I don't know if it was. no. It must have been no DQ. Yeah. It was no DQ, no count out, and yeah. no tags. And like Preston Vance immediately is bleeding everywhere. Like not just over his face, but over his body. He's got a great look anyway. And Hook is so cool. And yeah, I just thought it, I just really enjoyed this match. Yeah. This was one of the things where they would do kind of matches like this, like kind of fairly often during like the pandemic era mm. where they just did like the Young Bucks against Butcher and the Blade in the False Can Anywhere match one or, week. Or here's Joey Janela doing something. Right. Yeah. Joey Janela, like the, the bunkhouse brawl match mm. with uh, Dustin and QT Marshall with the Butcher and the Blade. They're very good at taking a match that on paper just kind of looks like, eh, maybe not the hottest thing going right now, and making it just a buck-ass wild Mm. match with tables and blood and Hook hits him with a chain. And it was so much fun. Yeah. Absolutely just a blast. And you can just have one of these, like, really fun, bombastic matches to just spruce up a show like this. Because you can do it with, like, anybody, basically. Mm. 
You know, I thought that it was going to be the trios match on this show would fill that mm. role. But then this one went out and was even crazier. This was a lot of fun. Um, I just want to put two things over. Preston Vance's discus clothesline mm -hmm. on the outside was just perfectly hit. And then uh, Hook and Vance are on the apron and are sort of battling against each other. Jungle Boy, like, I don't think it was an unprotected chair shot to the head, but it looked like it. He got him. Yeah. Like, it, it looked solid. And that allowed Hook to just hit this exploder suplex through the table on the outside. It was just such a well-done sequence, and that led to the finish. Um, so, yeah, takings from that. Commentary of putting over Jungle Boy and Hook as one an exciting young team. Uh, I This is really bad follow-up to me from where they were at two weeks ago at Double or Nothing. Mm -hmm. like this is Jungle Boy's gone from here to here. Yeah. But, trying to find positives, Jungle Boy is getting more violent. And that was the long-term yeah. character story they were telling with that chair shot here. Yeah, what's your thoughts? Do you think he's going to turn heel on Hook? I don't know if he's going to turn heel on Hook, but I definitely feel like some sort of character shift is coming because his music hit and I did not hear a big pop. And this was a crowd that was pretty into most things on the show. And, you know, there, there were people still doing this and mm. singing the song and everything. But when the music started, I felt, wow, like Double or Nothing really cooled off Jungle Boy, like kind of mm. exposed him and and that sort. But if he continues down the path that he's on, I don't know if the people will accept him as a violent baby face. Mm -hmm. So he may need to turn heel yeah. and hook is someone that the people will side with. So I could certainly see that happening. It's just very funny to me that we started the year with jungle boy being like, look, I like hook a lot, but I'm doing it myself this year and I'm going to win singles gold. And now it's like, Ah, that didn't really work mm. out. Let's put them back together. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like a step backwards for Jungle Boy. A little bit, yeah. Hair versus hair match. Oh, God. I don't want either of them to lose. That's some real stakes. But, you, you know, imagine? Jungle Boy shaving that head of his. That's how you freshen up the gimmick, maybe. But what is he without that hair? He's like, I so don't know. Uh, Tony Khan had his latest announcement, which was the Collision main event. We've already discussed that. Samoa Joe, Jay White, Juice Robinson taking on CM Punk and FTR. Exciting. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Punk won't break his foot in that six man. Takeshita came out with Don Callis with the, the footage of Kenny Omega being betrayed by Don, not just playing during the entrance, but for the entire two-minute squash match yep. as well. Uh, a guy called Damon Ace. Takeshita beat him easily. And then Don got on the mic, said the same stuff as last week. He's going to cut the elite out like a cancer from all elite wrestling. Got loads of heat again. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Simple, easy, quick, effective. I love Takeshita. I love oh, Don yeah. Callis. I love this act. I want more Titantron videos to be like this. Mm. To show me the action. Yeah. This has been a common thing I've been saying lately, where I want more proper Titantron videos. Mm. And I was like, oh, there's one. Make them all like that. But, but make some people. Make some fan versions yeah. on YouTube and send them to the music and stuff for it's us. my favorite thing to watch in like 2010. Christian Cage came out of his locker room. There was noises coming from inside the locker room. Alex Marvez is outside with a microphone. And it was Luchasaurus beating up Brock Anderson as a message to Arn Anderson. 
for having cost Christian the ladder match at double or nothing. I thought this was good. I don't know if this just means that Christian and Wardlow are going to keep going or maybe Arn is going to have like a different client that's going to, you know, spin off and do an Arn versus Christian sort mm. of rivalry. I don't know. But I mean, Christian's great. I thought it was a good little segment other than Alex Marvez going into the room and being like, oh, we need help. Hey, doc, doctors, <laughs> trainers, somebody help. This man is dying. He's bleeding. He's yeah. been beaten up by a dinosaur. I, I, I yeah, it, it, I felt like he could have looked more beaten up considering all the yeah. noises. I remember the glory days of Lance Arch just lobbing people yep. into the ceiling. Imagine if Brock was just half through a wall <laughs> and it was just his legs. <laughs> when, when Lance Archer put that guy in the garbage can. Oh, yeah. Oh, those were the days. They weren't. It was the pandemic, but it was, you know, funny. Well, so. that, that, that's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. There was some stuff in the pandemic that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling presentation-wise, of course. Chris Statlander versus Anna Jay came up next. This was Daddy Magic was out there to help Anna Jay. A uh, bit of interference. Anna Jay got a lot of the match, mm-hmm. a lot like the previous week's match. Who was she against? Who was Statlander against last week? Uh, Nyla Rose. Um, but Statlander fought back one at the end Tombstone Ty Valkyrie's upset backstage the people were very into this match Mm -hmm. they were with it and I think this TBS championship has been given a shot in the arm that it desperately needed I think Chris Statlander is just great Mm -hmm. I was a big naysayer of hers when she showed up like originally at the start of AEW but I was just kind of because I hated the boop Mm-hmm. Boop on the nose mm-hmm. thing when people were actually selling it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't handle that. That was my that limit. That was your line. That was my limit. I was like, this is stupid. Oh, cool. Everything I else agree. is fine. This is stupid. But she is a great, great wrestler. Mm-hmm. And Anna Jay has been like kind of hit and miss at times. She's learning, obviously. But she's had some really great matches. She had that one rampage mm. street fight match she had a match with jade that was very good i thought this was another one of her better performances i actually really like anna jay mm. i think she's got a charisma about yeah her. uh but yeah uh just solid win more yeah. of the same as last week tony storm and ruby soho cut a promo on whoever wins the rampage four-way number one contenders match for the women's championship i think it's Britt baker uh-huh. sky blue uh-huh um mercedes, mercedes martinez. martinez yeah <clears throat> it's someone else effectively it's Britt baker yeah. but maybe they take her out sure and then you know it's sky blue versus tony storm yeah she's embroiled in that going back my I, yeah. I do have one thing to say about this and i think it has now been two weeks since we've had a new women's champion crowned and they have not been shown in front of the people yet Mm-hmm. I think that is appalling. Mm-hmm. But like, that is your top women's champion. Like, I get that you want to put Chris Statlander on on TV, and it's not one or the other. Have both of them on TV. You don't have to oh, have well, just one women's segment. We've only got fifteen minutes for the ladies. <sighs> Clearly, but like, why have we not seen Tony yeah. Storm have a match yet, or just a promo? Do a championship celebration. Mm-hmm. With you know, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, something like that. The outcasts out there healing, yeah, up, spraying something green, loads yeah. of green balloons. Yeah, anything. They've got big uh, portraits mm-hmm. of Tony Storm winning, and they've spray painted over yeah. over uh, Jamie Hader. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Uh, and after that, we got the main event, which was Starks versus Jay White, which we've already talked about and was very good, especially the, the final angle. Overall, I thought this was a solid show. I gave it a 75%, I think. I think that's about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I was to give it out of 10, I would probably give like a 7 out of 10 score here. Like it was some really fun stuff. I really like the trios match. I like the tornado tag. Like the women's title match. Really like the opener. Main event was fun, mm-hmm. but like wasn't a whole lot on this show that I'm gonna remember. Like the standout moments on this show were basically just the ass boys, and we were talking about this when we were coming up with what we were gonna lead and Max's with on promo. this. And Max's promo. I guess that is true. I forgot about that. Mm. Yeah, that would be probably number one uh, ahead of the ass boys. But yeah, solid show. Uh, weirdly, because I reviewed Raw this week, I gave that 79%. Wow. So I'm in a strange position here where I enjoyed Raw more than Dynamite. By the numbers. Before we get into your Omega chats, we've got Patreon yes. shout out to do. Go over to Patreon, WrestleTalk.com. No, Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Because not only is there loads of exclusive content from WrestleTalk and Parts Unknown, but we've got the latest episode of No Holds Board Uncut Up There mm-hmm. and next week's episode for Early Access. Listen, I said this on Twitter yesterday. There have been some very great times to become a Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. I think now might be the best because you will get a week's early access to this episode of No Holds Board. That's Wavelength. And you people simply must watch this episode because of my good friend, Daniel J. Layden. That's my plug. Watch it. It's fantastic. It's one of the most controversial things I've ever seen happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Their opinions were had. Yeah. And I can't wait for more people to watch that episode. You should sign up today if you haven't already. But if you are signed up at the $25 and above tier, you get your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this. So a big shout out to the Black Plague, Butch Rosser. Yeah. I'm just going to move these into the middle so I can see them. The Venerable Jesse Venable. Yeah. The Cleaner Kenny Shaw. Yeah. The British Bulldog, Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. Yeah. Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Yeah. He can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. Yeah. Starbucks, Stephen Costa. Yeah. Shield Maiden, the Zornice. Yeah. The Taco Man, Thomas Hernandez. Oh, sorry. Tomas Hernandez. <laughs> yeah. The Redacted One, Jake. Yeah. Will, the MS Warrior Stewart. Yeah. He ran, I ran, I ran, I couldn't get away. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you're a film guy. I would imagine you would have seen uh, La La Land. Yeah, well, that's what I think of. That's every time I think of it. That's what I think of every time I hear that song. (laughs) Thank you very much uh, to all of our pledge hammers, of course, but especially to you $25 and above patrons. We're going to get into the rest of the Omega Chats here. This is the final call. Ding, 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 ding for your Omega Chats. Uh, so get 
the last of them in, I suppose, to uh, russeltalk.com forward slash support. That's the one. Read them out at the $5 and above uh, dollar amount. Whatchamacallit. Mitch Gillum has been a member for five months in a row, saying, I personally would love to see Hook in Bullet Club. Huh. I think he's better as a lone wolf. Yeah. Um, I think he's with Jungle Boy at the moment. but He's got the attitude that yeah. you kind of might, might want from it, but... I agree. Mm. I agree. I could see it, though. You know, uh, Sheldon Jackson says, questions I have about Bullet Club Gold. Is this an AEW idea with New Japan Pro Wrestling's blessing? And who has the final say about who joins Bullet Club Gold, either Tony Khan or Ghetto? I don't believe that New Japan Pro Wrestling has any say into what goes into Bullet Club Gold. Mm. I think it's just... It does seem like a separate faction, but surely yeah. they'll... It is their intellectual property. Yeah, I think they're fine with them yeah. using it like that. But like David Finley went out and said, like, whatever is on another show, that's not Bullet Club. This is Bullet Club, mm. you know. So I would have to imagine this is a Tony Khan creation yeah. and everything, yeah. and it's unrelated. Like, yeah. I don't think they necessarily had say into like Ace Austin or whoever joined Bullet Club in Impact, mm -hmm. you know, a year or two ago either. But that's just me speculating. Um We've got Scott Young saying the fact that CM Punk's first match back is a trios match and not against the elite is an embarrassment. The fact that five grown men can't talk about their problems is beyond a joke. And another issue that no one is really talking about is Tony. Well, this is a very large point of discussion that mm -hmm. I feel like we've talked about to death over mm. the last nine months or so. Listen. <laughs> I want to see the match. Uh, I'll, I'll read the rest of it because it goes on. He says, he doesn't have the personality to be a leader of a massive wrestling company full of massive egos. I'll ask you this. How different would that presser have gone if Punk was sat next to Triple H or Vince? Punk would have been dragged out by his earlobe if he ranted. Well, that would never happen because he quit. He wouldn't work for those people because he decided not to. He got sick of them too. You know, like... CM Punk is a very interesting individual with a very big personality. And in some ways, he's perfect for pro wrestling. In some ways, he's not fit for pro wrestling with the other personalities that go along with it. I want to see that match, too. Mm -hmm. I want to see the Elite and CMFTR in a trios match, for sure. I have heard people say that the Young Bucks have told them that the period of time last year between All Out and Full Gear was the worst period of time of their lives. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be upset at them for not wanting to work with the guy that put them in that position. I'm simply not. Their feelings about that situation does not trump me wanting to see a match. That's how I feel about it. I'd still very much like to see a match. If they did work it out, I think that's totally fine. But if you looked at it like any other workplace mm. and not just, oh, it's a wrestling locker room. Ah, oh, get, get along. Work it out. Make money. I can't imagine that, like, there's no way anybody else would ever have a job the mm. way that things went down if it was another kind of line of work. So, I don't know. Perspective is weird on this one. Your thoughts? Oh, I did nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think... Uh... Yeah, it's, it's it's difficult to compare it to sort of British employment laws, but everyone would have been dismissed, I imagine. Because uh, you had a fight, you know, it's, yeah. it's gross misconduct. But they're, in, they're independent contractors, whatever, yeah. EVPs, uh, you can reconcile these things. 
Um, it never like was strictly public either. I know mm -hmm. the press conference was, but you know what? In theory, what went on in the locker room, no one knows, and no one will talk about it. It was all work. Uh, I, but I, I must say, I don't think. I, I think the way it seems to have been dealt with, which is we'll just put everyone on this show and hope mm -hmm. it doesn't bust up again. You know, if if I was in that, if I was in Tony's position, because I run this company, and that something similar was happening here. That that to me would it's just kicking the can down the road. I mean, I agree with that. So I, I didn't really touch on the yeah, Tony Khan element of yeah, things. It's yeah. like, yeah, you know, if he was a little bit more iron fisted, you know, kind of a boss, mm. would things be different? Maybe. But if he was, maybe CM Punk wouldn't have signed with AEW in the first place. You know? It would be a yeah. different company entirely. Mm. William Rosmer says, so Orange Cassidy is only like three defenses behind Roman in about a quarter of the time. <laughs> when do we acknowledge the Tropicana <gasps> Chief? The Tropicana Chief. Oh, keep the belt on him a little bit longer then. Yeah, just so we can do that. That's very good. <laughs> Kevin says, does MJF defend his title against his own insecurities? Not having a family against Brian, not having a mentor against the Pillars, and now not getting respect. I like when he said he had the best singles dog collar match, paying respect to Jay Briscoe. Mm, yeah, that was that was a subtle bit of baby face work in yeah. there that uh, was really well packaged. Yeah, I think that's what makes Max such a good character. Mm -hmm. He's and, and Hangman Page as well, I would argue. It's yeah. always... He's the biggest enemy is himself. Yeah. It's really compelling. Yeah. I mean, I love an insecure character. Mm. That to me is so, so interesting. And I mean, who better in wrestling right now than this guy? Uh, Nick Smith says, at All In 1, Cody Rhodes won the NWA title. How would you feel about All In 2? Opening with Dustin Rhodes winning the NWA oh. title and for the last run of his career holding the same title his dad and brother held. I would feel great about it I if the NWA lovely. wouldn't, if it wasn't run by Billy Corbin, uh, Corgan and the champion was not Tyrus. <laughs> you know? It's a beautiful idea, though. Yeah, like if uh, in a perfect world, yeah, I think that would be great. If Nick Aldis was still champion, having beaten Cody and held it for mm -hmm. four years or however long it would have been, I think that would be a really fun idea. But as it stands, NWA can kick rocks. Uh, Streamlabs has lost a, uh, a name here, so make sure you send in uh, your name to the mods and we'll get it read out. I like Forbidden Door the show, but not how we get there. It's a, it's a glorified super show. Can you glorify a super show? It seems pretty super. Yeah. Um, that should not affect the weekly product. Maybe it may maybe make it a faction team faction slash team draft mm. type event. Winning faction team gets or will compete in a final free for all for title shots. I know it's a long shot, but having a fake face punk for a couple of weeks to then be part of Don's family with FTR to enter the elite feud would be fun. I hope he does not go into an MJF feud because Tony booked it originally. AEW level up flash in Chicago. I don't vibe with a lot of it. <laughs> Gotta be honest. I mean, Forbidden Door is a show that is built for me. I am the happiest little sausage on the planet because we're <laughs> going to get Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. And I can understand the idea where, like, on one hand, it's sort of like, okay, we've reached June, like, Survivor Series, where it's yeah. like, we have to force in brand versus brand stuff. I get that. But it's also really fun. Mm. And we're going to get great matches out of it. I think Survivor Series is the best comparison as opposed yeah. to a super show. Uh, because you're 
we your your overarching stories do have to take a bit of a pause to accommodate building into promotional matches. Do we have any of those right now, though? It doesn't feel like anything is really being paused. Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite is probably the major storyline. Well, it it is on pause, though, because really now it's Danielson versus Okada and Omega versus Osprey, and that will be sort of the focus for three weeks. I suppose Mm -hmm. they're they're wrestling next week, the Hung Bucks. Um, But it it does feel like a bit of a diversion. But last year I was very against that because I felt it wasn't being done well at all. I think it's being done well currently mm-hmm. as of Sunday's Dominion and, yeah. and through this. I'm very happy with how it's going. I'm excited mm. for it. Uh, Graham Shaw says, when Tony Khan announced the collision main event, my first thought was Punk, new uh, Bullet Club leader, and I was mm-hmm. in. Then the ass boys joined Bullet Club, and I'm on the fence. Also, Forbidden Door, fingers crossed for LIJ versus House of Black. House rules, Takagi, triad, rule added. Don't know what that would mean. I'm a fake fan, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's stuff with uh, LIJ, uh, because there's, like, there's CMLL things that oh, bar yeah. people from being involved. I don't know if they're one of them. Because I think, like... Naito wasn't on it last year. Naito wasn't on it last year. I think he was originally supposed to work with, like, Andrade or something. Mm. Maybe I have that wrong. But I know Teton is in LIJ, LIJ now, and he was a CMLL guy. I think he's a New Japan guy now, but I don't know. I also want Hiromu to be in a singles match, but that's just me. Isn't the, the, the triad match the match with the three different... Re- like, you have to win... Uh... It's kind of a three stages of hell match mm. that they've done a few times this year. Maybe. Can't I'm a fake fan. Uh, Philip says, hey guys, Bullet Club ass, name of your next <laughs> sex pay-per-view. Aside, Mr. Davis, how do you feel about FTR punk? Is it your literal dream come to life? Hashtag Jeff that Jarrett. Hashtag buy that book. No, because Jeff Jarrett and CM Punk would be the best version. Or Jeff Jarrett and F- FTR. A lot of people keep coming to me like, oh, but I bet you're so happy. And this was particularly last week when Punk's name was literally announced. And I, I really, really am like, cool. Yeah. I, I just like when he comes back, I'll I'll probably get excited again. But it's been it's been a long nine months. Yeah. And I know I project that he did nothing wrong thing, but of course, it's a hugely complicated thing. And it is very draining to be a CM Punk fan. Because mm-hmm. I'm a very loyal person to people. And I've been put in this position by Punk, uh, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, vibe. I just want it. I just want it to work out. Yeah, I as well. Edgar Carrasco has been a member for 17 months in a row, saying that Danielson promo calling out Okada has me hella stoked for Forbidden Door Two. Also nice to see my two favorite guys this morning. Hi, Ollie and Tempest. It's nice doing shows together. I was going to kick out shows. of doing these ones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I feel a very different dynamic with each different mm. co-host on this show. But this is a good dynamic, and I enjoy it. I'm Just Market says, am I the only one who feels like Ricky Starks has been severely cooled off? Yeah. Remember when he had that amazing promo segment and match with MJF earlier this year? It was last year. Uh, and we thought he could eventually win the title. Now he just feels like another guy. Unfortunately, I agree. Mm. I yeah, do feel hot. like he's solidly mid-card now as opposed to reaching for the main event status yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know what you do about that but it's a shame he's got it though 
Like he has the thing. It was it was the Jericho vortex that he found himself in. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. Sheldon Jackson says, off subject, but I wonder what will happen first. Jeff Jarrett actually becoming a singles world champion mm. again, or Ollie Davis actually sitting on the other side running the tech for a Wrestle Talk <laughs> podcast episode. I don't know. I'd place your bets on Jeff Jarrett. I have run two streams with Dan Layton mm-hmm. over the last two weeks. Do you take that back? Will Campbell says, hi, guys. When MJF tore into Cole during that promo segment, I thought of that one Regal soundbite where Regal said, ooh, he cooked him. Mm-hmm. Also, a title eliminator match in AEW is the same as a championship contenders match in WWE. It just sounds cooler. Yeah. Yeah, but they do it properly. Yes. Yeah. I think the I think the champion has lost a champion uh, championship eliminator match like once. It was like the Young Bucks lost to Eddie Kingston and Penta mm. after Double or Nothing 2021. And that's like, I think the only time. So if you do it once out of 50 shots, like, yeah, it's a good idea. Like you beat the champion, you should get a title match. Whereas in WWE, Shotzi and Tegan Knox beat the yeah. tag champions three weeks in a row. And then one half of them was fired. So <laughs> good Lord. Uh, and Will Campbell goes on to say, also as as a uh, addendum, I love the almost cheeky smirk uh, smile that Adam Cole had on his face when Max mentioned his Twitch channel. Thought of this as a moment where Chugs momentarily broke through the facade of the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could very well be. Love Chugs. Great channel. Watched him play Zelda the other day. It was nice. Uh, another Streamlabs lost ID, so make sure you get that sent in. Cole versus MJF in a title match as the main event of the first collision seems more interesting than a six-man with a returning mm. punk who won't take a loss in Chicago. I mean, MJF beat him in Chicago, but whatever. Yeah. And is Twice. MJF yeah. <laughs> is MJF going to have a match <laughs> on Forbidden Door with a two-week build? I think MJF should face Hiroshi Tanahashi, considering how much he was burying... New Japan Pro Wrestling and all those guys at the press conference for Double or Nothing. You don't want Great Okan? No. MJF versus Great Okan? No. But he's re- he respects him. That's great for him. <laughs> nah. Um, yeah, that sounds like a good main event for the first mm. collision. But they've got one booked, unfortunately. Uh, 35 Antonio says, I disagree with El Tempesto. It's uh, Tempest- Tempestissimo. Thank you. Uh, AEW is not as in-ring focused as they were just a year ago. AEW right now is the equivalent of late 2010s black and gold AE- uh, NXT. Hmm. Also loved how, how Cole exposed MJF's low-hanging fruit insults as deflections to hide his insecurities. I mean, perhaps. But even still, like... I think a lot of AEW's shows are kind of booked around like we need a really solid opener and a solid main event. And I compare that more so to like what happens on Raw and SmackDown, for for instance, you know. I think that's Tony's strength as well. He like you get some bookers. We always think of booking as creative, but booking in its, its purest traditional form is matchmaking. Yeah. Put this guy against this guy. And I actually think Khan is is kind of unparalleled and just going, oh, here's a match. I'm like, oh my God, I never yeah. knew I needed that one. I mean, just look at that show where they did the the Kenny and, and Moxley cage match, mm-hmm. like with Phoenix against Claudio mm-hmm. and so many different matches. Like those are to me the best episodes of Dynamite where mm-hmm. it's just this little mini pay-per-view that you mm-hmm. end up getting. And those are the shows that I think are best. So, yeah. Blakey says, got floor seats to the August 12th edition of Collision. My MJF pickles arrived. Today is a great day. <laughs> it took them that long. I guess they're, 
bev- preservatives. So, yeah, uh, it so took a long time to to arrive. Yeah, I don't know what the pickles thing is. So this mix one, them, have them on uh, sandwich peanut butter. It's about two. Is it two months ago? He's on commentary uh, for like a, one of the four pillars tag matches, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And he's just talking about these pickles and how he's partnered with a company to bring out his own pickles. They're kosher pickles. <laughs> and Tat, like Taz is chomping away, going, oh my God, it's the best pickles I've ever had. It was so funny. We got it. And then they some. released the pickles. Yeah. Hell yeah. Suave <laughs> Titan says, Orange and Darby just fought Gates of Agony last week. Gates of Agony is in Swerve's faction. This is why Darby and Swerve mm. are connected right now, not because of their old feud. That's fine, I suppose, but... Doesn't feel very substantial. No, for Sting to make it, a lights off, lights on save. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but yeah, I I guess it is an explanation. I just want even more of one. <laughs> Simeon where's Morgan. Where's the story? Yeah, where's the story? Simeon Morgan says, "Passing thought is MJF calling Cole the best world champion in that coming uh, company a subtle dig at Samoa Joe for shoving him when MJF <laughs> played one of the security cards for him during his reign." Uh, I'd like to think so, but probably not. But you never know. There's a few NXT champions on that roster. Yeah, but probably is. Like, Max probably wrote that yeah. as a little detail. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's going to think that yeah, deeply yeah. about it, it'd be Max. Uh, ben Vlerick says, I know no AEW, but Shiki forever, Baba. Mm-hmm. This is in all caps, by the way. Break everybody's <laughs> back and make them humble. F the Hulk Hogan and the Tomorrow, no good jabroni, Iron Sheik, best champion, best boner, real man, camel clutch, make everybody humble, screw USA, Iran number one, RIP, Sheiky baby. Mm -hmm. Ben Vlerick also uh, continues on to say, uh, let's celebrate Sheiky with two of my favorite quotes, Hogan, you are worse than an airport tuna sandwich, and Hulk Hogan may have been a dumb son of a bitch in the ring, but outside the ring, he was also a dumb son of a bitch. (laughs) That one's my favorite. He never changed That's legend RIP and says, anyway, sorry, lads. I had to get my Shiki tribute in there. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to money in the bank. Hopefully one day I can join one of these live watch parties when I have the time and money. Greetings from Belgium. Thank you very much. We hope to see all of you who are attending the Money in the Bank live mm-hmm. event as well. Should be a lot of fun. And Mayor of Painesville, Dan, says, Hi, everyone. Hope you're doing well. So this podcast just happens to be so good. I got outside and walked and walked and got distracted. And now I'm in some kind of forest I don't recognize. And well, help. Do we need to send out a part like a search party? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Dan, retrace your steps. You okay, Dan? If... If you get seriously injured or in need of assistance, do not make that known by sending in an ultra chat to a wrestling podcast because that could have been sent in an hour ago. Yeah, in another country as well. In another country. Uh, It's important to note we are not liable for anything that now (laughs) happens to Dan. That will do it for the rest Mm -hmm. of the Omega chats, however. Do we have a poll result for the... Did we do a poll for the the overall rating? Uh, I don't think we did a okay. Well, poll. I think we fine. just uh, just actually, on the Bullet Club ass. Let me check. Uh, uh, uh. Thumbs up, seventy one percent. Thumbs in, in the middle, twenty seven percent. Thumbs down, two percent. 
That is a positively reviewed show then. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us here today. And, and loads of uh, Omega chats as well. It's very kind of you to all send them in. Yes, uh, please please come to Money in the Bank, where I might be defending my Jam That Championship. Mm -hmm. uh, go watch the WrestleTalk News over on the WrestleTalk News channel, and go check out No Holds Board on Parts Funknown as well, where we're both playing a wrestling board game. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Tempest. Jam That Jam. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 